Number three, and this was our class on Wednesday of last week, verses 14 and 15. And unfortunately, not very many people go to the temple to be taught. But look at 14. And do thou grant, Holy Father, that all those who shall worship in this house may be taught words of wisdom, that they may, verse 15, grow up in thee. And we just need to read it. Let me read it one more time. Go back to section 97. The Jackson County Saints were given an out. If you build a temple, you will escape. So go to section 97. But in that, he tells them why they should build a temple. Look at 13 and 14. Section 97, 13 and 14. One thing that we haven't mentioned is it's a place of thanksgiving. You go to the temple to give thanks. And then... Alex, read the rest of 13 and all of 14, if you don't mind. Okay, for a place of thanksgiving for all saints and for a place of instruction for all those who are called to the work of the ministry in all their several callings and offices, that they might be perfected in the understanding of their ministry, in theory, in principle, and in doctrine, in all things pertaining to the kingdom of God on the earth, the keys of which kingdom... Uh, have been conferred so according to that statement, where's the very best place to learn how to be a dad or a mom or a husband or a wife or a bishop or a Relief Society president? How about not even church-related things? How about being a math teacher? Where do we go to be taught? But how many people consider the temple a place of learning? So we talked last time, putting my cross over here. What is it that I can do, I can do to learn more in the temple? So we talked about learning from symbols, learning to see and liken and do a little research. We talked about the language of symbolism. If you can learn the language of symbolism, if you can make the effort to learn the language of symbolism, you open up all sorts of revelation as he teaches you how to be a better husband. Ashley, thoughts from our last class? Dion, Sabrina, any thoughts from our last class? You've had a week. I don't know if you've thought about a symbol, a symbol associated with the temple, and what what do you now see in terms of revelation for your life that you saw in a symbol? Any thoughts? Now, I will say this, we just barely scratched the surface. Let me just throw one out as something to think about. We often look at Adam as a symbol of all men and Eve as a symbol of all women. And that might get us in trouble if we push that too far. What were some of those other couples? What was the other couple we talked about in the temple? Adam is a symbol of Christ, and Eve is a symbol of the membership of the church. So tell me why Adam partook. You know know the story. Why did Adam partake? Adam wasn't fooled. Because Eve was going to be lost. Adam followed her into mortality 
so she wouldn't be lost. Do you see Jesus in that? The church partook and the church is going to be lost. The church is broken. The church has sinned and the church is going to be lost. So what did Adam do? Adam came in. Jehovah of premortal life went through a veil, forgot everything, and followed Eve into this world for what reason? So Eve wouldn't be alone. That is a beautiful insight. The altar is a symbol. The veil is a symbol. Colors are a symbol. People are a symbol. Fig leaves are a symbol. Oh, we didn't even do fig leaves and coats of skins, did we? So I would encourage you to learn how to learn in the temple. Do what you need to do so that he can teach you. But that was number three. And unfortunately, we could spend... I do teach a temple symbolism class one time, and we spent an entire semester just on symbols. And it was we, even then we ran out of time. So it is a house of learning. Go there and learn how to learn in his, temp, in his house so that he can flow truth into your soul. All right, that's where we left off. Any other thoughts? Dion, Sabrina? Ashley, the idea here is taking advantage of a priesthood line tool to increase personal revelation. Now, today, I'm going to add two more. Sometimes we think that what, we, what really comes from Heavenly Father is instruction, and I, I love that. I love that he's going to answer our prayers. I love that his presence is going to calm our fears and teach us that we're not alone. I love that he's going to teach us truth. But today I want to talk, I want to add two more. What does my effort to serve and be worthy of the temple bring from heaven? What does my pulling the temple into my life more fully bring from heaven? And I'm going to tell you right now, it is a house of protection and it is a house of healing. We go there to answer our questions. We go there to be with him. We go there to be taught, but we go there to be protected. It is a house of protection. And number two, it is a house of healing. So let's go back to section 109. And let me, let me get the horizontal bar first. Let's do that first. Actually, you know what? Don't go to, if you want to open up, nope, you guys are, put a finger in 109. Those of you who are digital, keep one page open to 109 and then go to 88. So open up a new window and go to 88. Section 88 was the command to build the first temple. And it really wasn't even a, therefore, thus saith the Lord, as much as it was kind of a gentle build a house. So section 88, after we're established in Kirtland, Ohio, the Lord finally gives the command. And when he gives the command, he does it in a very interesting way. Section 100, or 88 verses 119 is the command to build the temple. Now he's going to repeat this. I'll show you. He'll repeat this in the dedicatory prayer. But I want to focus on verse 119. Give me the words, give me the verbs he uses, 
as he commands the building of a temple. Right there in the very beginning, he gives three verbs. I am to, number one, organize. Now, did the Kirtland saints need to do some organizing to build a temple? Did you need to organize something in order to go to the temple? There's always a little bit of an organizing, right? My life wasn't quite ready to go to the temple. I needed to organize. Now, I want to do these one at a time. So if you don't mind flipping back, now go to section 109. If you will make that effort. Now, there's this bar, right? There's the, you need to organize. Alex, you need to organize some things. Ashley, will you organize some things? Bryce, would you organize some things in your life that are not quite square? Would you organize yourself? That's my effort here. Now notice that same word. See if you can find that same word in verse 15 of section 109. What's different? What's different this time with the word? Verse 88, I'm doing the organizing. What's happening in verse 15? I'm being, or he's doing the organizing. If I organize, then he organizes, right? So one thing that God did, because I organized my life and went into a temple, guess what he did? Heavenly Father organized an eternal family unit. He organized me into an eternal family unit. And tell me, your life hasn't been more organized because you organized your life. Taking you into the initiatory, if you wash your eyes, he washes what you see. If you organize and wash what you look at, you are organized and he washes what you see. Do you see that relationship? You organize and you will be organized. Watch him do it again. Back to 88. What's the next verb? So organize, be organized. Next, he says, you need to prepare. prepare. <clears throat> I don't know about your stake president, but most stake presidents won't let you go to the temple until you've taken a class, right? And done some things to prepare. Did you have to? Did you need to take temple prep? Many stake presidents say, here are the steps of preparation and you need to be prepared. We lose a lot of people because they're not prepared, right? Now go back to 15. Can you find that second word? How's it different this time? Be prepared to obtain. If you prepare, I'll prepare you to receive everything that I'm going to give you. You see the beauty in that? If you prepare, you will be prepared to obtain everything I want to send you because you're not. So you prepare your life and I'll prepare you to receive everything that I want to give you. Do you see that relationship? I do 
and I receive. Now, let's get to the third verb. Back in 88, what's the third verb? Organize, prepare. Verse 119. What is it, Ashley? Establish. establish. What does it mean to you to establish the temple? Okay, better question. Let's start here. What did it mean to them in Kirtland to establish? Help me define the word establish. What does it mean? Dion, Sabrina, tell me what it means to establish. What does it mean to establish a house, establish the temple? When would you say, what am I doing if I have established the temple? Alex? How about let's do us? What does it mean to establish? What do you establish? Ashley, what do you establish? I can only think of like an action. Like okay. A, Give me your action. Something like... It's hard, right? Like something that you like put in place. So set up or found. That's the first definition. Set up or found. Now, is that something we do? Kind of. How do you set up the temple in your life? How do you found it? Another word is to lay up, to set up or lay the groundwork for. Establish the validity of something. Institute or enact. Bring about. Place. Build. Or use as a basis for. I want to use that last one. Tell me what should the temple do in your life? If I establish the temple as the foundation of my life, do you see that verb? Will you establish this house? Will you use as a basis for? Will you build it? Will you build a habit of going? Will you establish the temple? How many people go to the temple and don't establish the temple? Would you say that's a very legitimate thing? Some people go, they're endowed, they receive their endowment, and they don't establish. The Lord says, I need you to establish the temple. Now that gets to number four. Turn back to section 109. And now I want to read in verses 24 through 26. Watch what happens if I establish. Verse 24, we ask the Holy Father to establish the people. Do you see that connection? If I establish and make the temple the center, the basis of my life, the foundation of my life, then He will establish me. We ask the Holy Father to establish the people that shall worship and honorably hold a name and standing in this house. Let's talk about that one. What does that mean? Honorably hold a name. 
What's the first thing you do when you walk into his house? Here's my name. And what are you certifying? I am in no way saying I'm perfect. I am not perfect. But I am saying to you what? I'm worthy to hold this name in this house. Not perfect. I'm working on many things. But I have answered the questions honestly. And I am worthy to honorably hold a name. If you do that, then God will establish you so that what? Ashley, read 25 and 26. Here's the blessing. That no weapon formed against them shall prosper, that he who diggeth a pit for them shall fall into the same himself, that no combination of wickedness shall have power to rise up and prevail over thy people, upon whom thy name shall be put in this house. You establish the temple, and he, in essence, puts you under his wing. And it becomes a house of protection. It becomes a house of protection. Now, I, I know this is a hear him class and we're focusing on revelation, but I just can't not point out that the temple is a house of protection. It is a house of protection. It is a shield and a protection. Symbolically, we are covered with a garment which is symbolic of the protection he places upon me. We see that symbolism so many times. I want to point out the symbolism of a veiled woman. Go back to learning. I want you to picture a veiled woman. Do you see something flowing over her? Now, the veil, this time the woman is the church and the husband is Christ. Usually, what position is a veiled woman in? Tell me what a veiled woman is usually doing behind that veil. What's her demeanor? Is she loud and boisterous and obnoxious? Or is she submissive and yielding and humble? In other words, Jesus is saying to the church what? If you will yield, if you will submit to your husband, the Jesus, he will do what? He will cover you. He will shield you and protect you and keep you safe. He will warn you of danger. He will be with you. It is a house of protection. But you see, that comes because I've done what? Established. I don't believe everyone who goes to the temple receives that level of protection. Because not everyone who goes to the temple establish it, is it, establishes it to that level. So my invitation to you is Take advantage of the priesthood line. Establish the temple. Establish going to the temple. Establish it as the foundation of your life. Establish the covenants. Do you remember what President Nelson said? When the Salt Lake Temple is done, there won't be a safer place in the Salt Lake Valley during an earthquake than the Salt Lake Temple. And then what did he add? During trials, 
During times of upheaval, there isn't a safer place than to stand in your covenants. And they become a house of protection. Let me leave you with one last testimony here. That shield flows not only over me, but who gets covered because of my shield? My family. My family. My children go off to school shielded and protected because I have established his house in my life. Any thoughts? Do you believe that's true, Ashley? Have you felt it in your life that covenants in his house bring a level of protection? Alex, any thoughts? No. Okay, let's do number five. This one's not in the dedicatory prayer. It's one of my absolute favorite symbols of the Old Testament. I need you to turn. We don't need 109 anymore, but turn with me to Ezekiel 47. <clears throat> I hope you picked this up in last year's Come Follow Me. Go to Ezekiel 47. This is a beautiful symbol. So Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, and then Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel was a prophet of the captivity. So the Jews have been slaughtered. Babylon is destroyed. Ezekiel is taken captive into Babylon. Like Daniel, Ezekiel has watched the destruction of the temple, the destruction of his nation. No longer do the Jews have a king who is the symbol of that protection. The temple has been destroyed. The nation has been destroyed. Everything is, is ruined. And they lament. Now, Ezekiel is seeing the hope for the future. Verse 1, chapter 47, verse 1. Afterward, he brought me again to the door of the house. Now, what house would that be? The house of the Lord. This is the temple. Now, most likely, which temple would Ezekiel be shown? Salt Lake Temple? No. Nauvoo Temple? No. What temple would Ezekiel be shown? Jerusalem Temple, right? Maybe a for millennial Jerusalem Temple. Maybe a glorified temple that he knew. But it was a temple at Jerusalem. And what does he notice in verse 1? Kind of odd. It's leaking out of the front door. Underneath the door is flowing water. And the water is flowing which direction? East. Now, if I were, here's the Mediterranean Sea, Sea of Galilee, Dead Sea. Lowest spot on earth is the Dead Sea. It's well below sea level. If there were no land here, the ocean would flow right into that and fill it up. It is very, very low, very symbolic. And the temple is right about here. So the water is just a trickle, just coming out of the door. And it's just a trickle and it's headed east. Now, verse three, a thousand cubits out of the temple. As he goes out a thousand cubits, tell me about the water. How deep is it? To his ankles. So a thousand cubits, which is distance from my elbow to my finger, a thousand cubits, it's getting deeper. It was just a trickle at the temple, but the more it flows, the deeper it gets. 
Okay, verse 4, a thousand cubits out, and it's now to his knees. Now, that's a huge jump, right? A thousand cubits, and it just went to my ankles, and now a thousand more cubits, and it's to my knees. Another thousand cubits, also in verse 4, and it's to my loins. Now, verse 5, another thousand cubits, and what does it become? A river that I could not pass over, waters to swim in. Now, that's a beautiful symbol. When you build a temple, when you establish a temple, what does it start to do in your life? What does a physical temple start to do in the community where we establish it? The more it flows, the deeper it gets. If I establish the temple in my life, it starts to flow into my life. And the more it flows, the deeper it gets. Now, where is it going to hit if it flows east? The Dead Sea. How many fish are in the Dead Sea? None. Why? You cannot. It's way too salty. There's no fish in the Dead Sea. Anyone know what the valley between Jerusalem and the Dead Sea looks like? Would you imagine it's flowing with a lot of trees and very green? So the angel says, hey, son of man, come here. Have you seen this? Verse 6. And he brought me and he caused me to return to the brink of the river. And what does he notice? Verse 7. There are not very many trees between. Yeah, you're right. He saw trees and there are not normally very many trees. So what's this water done? What's this water doing? He saw there were very many trees. Now listen to verse eight and see the symbolism. The angel said, these waters issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert, go into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. Now, I know that's a very powerful symbol of what? Temple blessings flowing where? Dead sea? Dead sea? I get it. Temple blessings flowing into the spirit world to redeem the dead. That's a beautiful image, but I want to focus on you. Temple waters heal. Now, verse 9, one of my absolute favorite Old Testament verses. It shall come to pass that everything that liveth, every broken life, every broken marriage, every broken family, every broken country, every broken city, everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the rivers shall come, shall live. Those waters heal. Have you ever noticed what we put in front of almost every temple? Not very far from the front door is always what? A water fountain. We do that with every temple. I think if you've ever been to Draper, I'm positive that little flower thing was supposed to be of water. There must have been some problem with construction, but we put water at the front door as a symbol. Ochre Mountain Temple, those two pools right there by the door. The water is flowing. Salt Lake Temple, we put a beautiful reflecting pond and then the water that kind of flows up to the, the, the fountain. We always put water by the front door and this is why. The healing 
power of the temple. If you will establish, then what flows? Revelation flows. Learning flows. His presence flows. Protection flows. And healing flows. If you will establish, if you'll organize, prepare, and establish, healing flows. Now I'm going to tell you a story. And a lot of people will argue with this story. But I'm going to ask that as I tell the story, you listen to the Holy Ghost and you tell me what the Holy Ghost tells you about my story. You tell me if the Holy Ghost tells you that my story is true or not. We caused World War II. World War I, we walked in and obliterated Germany and walked away. We did nothing. We didn't rebuild. You thought the depression was bad in the United States. You should study German depression after World War I. We just destroyed the country and then we went home, which led to a Hitler. So after World War II, we were not going to make that same mistake. Now, four nations conquered Germany. From the West, it was the U.S., Great Britain, and France. And from the East, it was... USSR, the Soviet Union. They came from the East, and the US and Great Britain and France came from the West, and we conquered Germany. Now, what are the chances those four nations can agree on how to rebuild Germany? Will the USSR and the US agree on what to do to rebuild the German government? Never. So they do the next best thing. They split Germany into four pieces. Now, these three nations had no problem unifying their pieces. And that became known as, anyone know? West Germany. Kind of government? Democratic, free, borders open. I remember watching West Germany compete in the Olympics. They were the good guys. They were the free people. That's what we, that's just kind of the perception we had. Russia puts a wall around their peace. Not a wall to keep others out. A wall to keep them in. Anyone know what that country became known as? East Germany. A communistic country. I remember watching them compete in the Olympics, and we just kind of, we just had this animosity towards Russia and Soviet Union and extended to East Germany. They were not free. Now, true or false, there were members of the church in Germany, in East Germany, at the end of World War II. True. We had been proselyting in Germany for many, many years. There were members of the church in East Germany trapped behind a wall. And their children were growing up and wanting to go to the temple, wanting to marry in the temple, wanting to make covenants. 
and they couldn't. They were trapped. They couldn't leave. The church would plead for them. Nair's temple was Switzerland. Please allow our people to go to Switzerland, to go to the temple. They'll come back. We're law-abiding citizens. They'll come back. East Germany said, what would you guess? No. We pled over and over and over again. The people pled over and over and over again. No, no, no. And then finally, East Germany said something that I don't think anyone was expecting. Anyone know what they said? Why don't you just build a temple right here? I would love to be on the other end of that call. Why don't you just build a temple right here? We built a temple in communist East Germany so that the saints would have access to the temple. Did we make them nervous? Did they watch the whole time? Was it probably bugged? I'm sure it was. But we built a temple. We dedicated a temple in East Germany. Now what started to flow as soon as we built that temple? At first it was just a trickle. And the more it flowed, it became deeper and deeper. And when that healing water hit that wall, what did it do? 1990, it healed that wall. It is my temp. I know there were a lot of other factors, but it is my testimony that one of the considerable factors in the healing of East Germany was we built a temple and the water started to flow. And temple water heals. It is a house of healing. What happens if a broken marriage can organize, prepare, and establish? What could the temple do to that marriage? Could it heal it? Could it heal a family? Does it heal nations? Pre president Ezra Taft Benson, the 13th president of the church, said at the dedication of the jo Atlanta, Georgia temple, let us make the temple a sacred home away from our eternal home. This temple will be a standing witness that the power of God can stay the powers of evil in our midst. Many parents in and out of the church are concerned about protection against a cascading avalanche of wickedness which threatens to engulf Christian principles. There is a power associated with the ordinances of heaven, even the power of godliness, which can and will thwart the forces of evil if we will be worthy of those sacred blessings. This community will be protected. Our families will be protected. Our children will be safeguarded as we live the gospel, visit the temple, and live close to the Lord. Atlanta, Georgia is going to be protected because a temple is sitting right there. Imagine what happens if we were to go in and be worthy. What if we established and organized and prepared? Do you see the connection? If you do these things, what flows into our life, what flows into my personal life, 
because of a priesthood line tool. Take advantage. Make sure the temple isn't one of those things that you push away. Organize, prepare, and establish. And you will be organized, be prepared, and you will be established. Healed, protected. Again, does that mean no harm comes to us? That means we're free of mortal challenges? No, we know, we know why we're here. But there is a protection that comes if we organize, prepare, and establish. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.